0: Welcome to the Magic Potion Podcast, where a sprinkle and a dash can enhance your class. Listen to learn about tools, techniques, and stories from educators on ways to improve your lessons, create a positive culture, and much more. I'm your host, Kevin Reinemann, and now it's time to make it happen. Hello, and welcome to Episode 12, Computer Science at All Ages, with Kyle Muir. I'm pleased to welcome Kyle onto the show today. Uh, He is the co-founder of Fuseplay. Kyle, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, happy to be here. It's fun to to reconnect with you, Kevin. Um, And uh, yeah, a little bit on me. My my background is... um, I suppose indirectly related to education. I'm an entrepreneur, and I've always been involved with hard up the startups. And um, and I say indirectly because every every startup um, is and is basically a college overnight in terms of you know market, product, and um, and customer. So so yeah, so that's my background. I've always been involved with products, um, hardware products, plastics, metals, textiles, and um, and then uh, I, I got involved with um, with fuse play because my, my sister Christy um, she has three daughters and um, she was looking for for technology products that um, to, to bring into her home and um, one thing led to another I was kind of doing some hobby electronic stuff in my in my free time and um, this was three years ago and we couldn't really find anything out there that made it easy for us to learn um technology and um so that kind of put me down the path of um creating uh fuse play which is is what I've been focused on most lately.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we actually met down at the Future of Education Technology conference down at uh Orlando, Florida back in January. That's uh it's definitely never a bad time to go to Florida in wow. January, especially when I'm from Ohio, so I'm okay with that weather change a little bit there.
1: Uh, yes, I could. I wish every conference was in Orlando. That was awesome.
0: And if I remember right, are you out in Utah? Is that right?
1: Yeah, Salt Lake City. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, so um, we met through a mutual friend, actually Shane Cox from uh, the Q-Ball that you may have uh, seen. You may have saw, I know I'm going to butcher that. So either way, if you watch shark tank, you probably saw Shane on there. Um, and Shane brought uh, Kyle and I together and we had a great conversation about some awesome things that Kyle has going on. And one of those is the Zuby flyer, which just the name sounds awesome. Could you uh, tell the folks a little bit about what the Zuby flyer is and, and your idea behind it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, Props to Shane out there if he's if he's listening. Really awesome guy, um, really awesome product, and and um, yeah, I think it was like a, a pre-show dinner that we that we met at um, with uh, with Shane. But yeah, the um, the Zubi flyer it's it's an it's an educational toy, and I know there's thousands of those out there now at this point. Um, But uh, it's interesting in the sense that um, it's a Frisbee, so you know, at the end of the day, you're playing with multiple kids, um, uh, Frisbee, and then there's an electronic component to it. So it has a little, it has a PCB board, a printed circuit board in the middle of it with um, a whole bunch of electronic um, parts, real electronic parts. So think like Raspberry, or not, well yeah, like Raspberry Pi or Arduino, and uh, you know, in the form factor of a frisbee, and then it has it has twelve pre-programmed games, and so out of the box, it's a pretty you know user-friendly experience. You play games, you play frisbee, and um, the idea, though, is that you can pull up the code and modify the code for each of these games in Arduino. It makes it really quite easy for teacher or child or parent to learn. Uh, maker style, electronic, smart city kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I actually picked up uh, one of the Zubi flyers for my two-year-old at home. Now he's not hooking it up to the computer, even though I have been very surprised that he's able to recognize a USB cord and find a USB port on a computer and plug it in. You know, maybe it's That's
1: just uh, he's a, like a two. Fluke
0: too? Yeah. He's going to be three years old here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, and we, we picked up our Zuby flyer back in uh, the spring. It must've been like May or June. Yeah. And you know, the thing that really appeals to those young learners is the bright flashing lights. You know, he'll pick it up. He'll bring it over to me and be like, daddy blue lights. So that we'll go through the first game that's built into the, the board there and uh, is, is it called Light Show? I'm uh, new, trying new, to remember what it is. Newbie zoobie. That's it, yes. <laughs> and it goes through different patterns. You put in the different codes to to get different patterns to show up. It might be one color flashing on all the LEDs, or it'll be a pattern of various colors. And that's just an easy way to introduce electronics and, and STEM thinking with students of all ages. So... Yeah.
1: Um, it's, it's interesting hearing your experience with it because typically, I mean, typically like I'm, I'm working with slightly older kids, um, but, but still pre-K. But, but I, I love hearing stories like the one you just told because um, numbers, shapes, colors, you know, these really basic things that we take for granted as adults are they're so real for little kids and when they, you know, when they learn their color and, you know, they call out blue and it's actually blue like that for them is, you know, that's a, that's a moment of, uh, of huge huge empowerment. So it's cool to the products totally intended to produce those types of experiences, but it's, it's kind of fun to hear about them happening organically. Like it sounds like you experience.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, being able to see my little, little guy, you know, we only have one child at home right now, so I can't really compare him to others as I haven't been able to see it in their hands. But I did pick up one for school as well that we're putting in our makerspace, So I'm interested to see how that works with our students in our elementary, you know, that PK to six level. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's as we're recording this, it's middle of September. I know a couple months from now, it's going to be time for the hour of code. So that's like the next step with your product, right? Is, okay, we get interacting with those games that are built in, but now let's get into the coding aspect. And I believe it is uh, Scratch is the basic programming language that you're using with it. So you kind of introduce students through Blockly-style coding,
1: right? Yes, yes. And we did actually – so like the first the first version of our software um, – Yes, we relied on Scratch, um, and then we actually just this past year um, uh, at at ISTE we launched. Um, it it's identical to Scratch except we're we're actually using the Snap platform, which um, is is out of Berkeley. Scratch is from MIT. Um, Snap is from, from Berkeley. And um, the interface is the same, like every, every teacher, every kid recognizes it um, as Scratch, but um, on the back end, which nobody sees, it, it makes it easier for us to link our board to the interface. So you can actually um, drag and drop code blocks that allow you to either control the Zuby Flyer circuit board or push buttons on the circuit board, wave your hand over the photo cell to make your little interactive story um, come to life on online, on, on the screen. And that's
0: something that I really think takes your product in and it makes it different from the other stuff that's out there because it's it's doing that handheld object and that yeah. physical object and bringing it into the digital realm. You kind of see that with the makey-makey a little bit. Um yeah. But this is getting more into the coding, too. So it's another great option for schools out there.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I like to think and, and I, I always appreciate healthy feedback, particularly from, from educators. And I think, Kevin, this is why uh, you and I, it's always been fun to talk because I, I feel like I get that kind of real feedback from you um but i think one of the big differences like makey making, making, there's a few others out there that have what i would consider um integrated like integrated toys or integrated learning tools um but scalability that that is one of the big areas that i think that we've really tried to differentiate where they're not isolated um instances and so for example like you have your two or three year old and learning colors numbers shapes and then you know you take that same product and put it in front of somebody who's you know six seven eight nine ten and they can plug it into scratch you know they can get into the arduino code script and it really provides and allows for this progressive learning experience which um from a neuroplasticity perspective a neuroscience perspective um is more aligned with the way that we as humans learn um you know versus a more static um you know we're going to focus on this topic or this subject and then we're going to move on to this one the product really allows you to sort of run relative to skill set or um you know that particular project that you're that you are walking the class through that day
0: Oh yeah, I absolutely love that, and I'm I, like I said, I'm looking forward to getting this into the hands of students and seeing you know what they come up with and and getting it going there. I, a little bit about my background that you know I usually don't talk about because it, it doesn't really come up. Uh, I actually, while I was a junior senior in high school, I was taking some college level courses and I was doing intro to programming. I'm so glad I took those courses because it showed me that. That wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do in my life, and and that led me uh, to go on to to college to be an educator instead. But as a, you know, it kind of comes full circle because now I'm working in schools, and coding is such a big thing, and it can be intimidating for teachers. Like, oh, I don't have a background in coding, so I don't think I can teach it. Is what many of them might be thinking. But one of the things I really like to point out to these teachers is that if your students are working on coding or computer science, they're really building logic skills and problem solving skills. Is that something that you've uh, witnessed with the students you've worked with?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. And that's a, like, you bring up a really good point. And I, um, I am not an educator by background, but I, I mean, at this point, it's like, I go into so many schools and, you know, I've had to develop pedagogy and I've received um, fantastic feedback from so many educators. I I feel like I've, um, uh, to a degree, I guess, um, been adopted in in a sense, but, but even still, like, I'm not, not truly an educator and, and, but I, I am right there with educators and they have a hard job right now. I mean, they're, they are, they are um, passionate, um, intelligent people that, that you know, trained and studied to teach other human beings. And now with the way that technology is being integrated, they're expected to be computer scientists at the same time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's getting to that point, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, and I, I think um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and I think this holds true outside of what we define as technology. But we're, we're really teaching the scientific method, right? And it, you know, it's it's a it's a method, it's an approach that we're teaching for, like you said, problem solving. Um, you know, the idea of computational thinking, like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Like, how is that applied? And the reality is that even as adults, like, there are skills and concepts that, you know, we should or probably are developing or at least considering here and there within our lives. It's, you know, maybe not as real as it is for For a child, but I certainly am constantly, you know, especially being, you know, teaching kids. One of the things that it's that it's opened my eyes to is um, the ability of the human mind, and it's really caused me to sit back and think, like, okay, you know, if, if kids are are able to do what they are from, from a cognitive development and psychological development perspective. You know, what can I do in my life to improve, adapt, increase, you know, those same skills, problem solving, computational thinking, um, uh, you know, applying the scientific method to make me, you know, better at, you know, what, what I do, who I am as a person. So so yeah, I do I do think like at the end of the day, like it's those very basic um, skills that you know we're we're teaching human computer interaction. Well, that's how we're teaching it, I guess, is through human computer interaction.
0: I always enjoy talking to you. You're such a bright person. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, one of the one of the other issues that I think teachers kind of, you know, kind of holds back that causes teachers to be afraid of jumping in is now I'm going to have to make a whole bunch of new curriculum as well. And, you know, it's out of their comfort zone and everything. I know there's a lot of websites out there that are available to teach coding, a lot of apps. But um, right before we got on, I was checking out the Fuse Play website, which is uh, Fuse, F-U-Z-E, play, P-L-A-Y dot I-O. Yes, I got that right. Had to go back and check to make sure. Uh, That's it. And up there at the top, you've got a spot that says lesson plans.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So, I mean, I'll put it out there for your audience. Um, Again, like I'm not an educator, so I I think I, well, I will say this. I do think that the lesson plans, um, yes, they're free. Like anybody can get on there and message me. Like I end up getting the email and Um, so yeah, I would love to talk with you. And then I, you know, it's it's free. So I send you over the lesson plans and, um, I I think they're pretty basic. Like it works great and they work fantastic in an elementary classroom, but there's, if I'm critiquing myself, like it would be phenomenal to to have, um, you know, more, more educators, um, eyes, um, you know, on, on it. And and I, it, it, you know, I think the lesson plans can be much more expansive than, than they are now. But but yeah, there are there are lesson plans and I and I do um I've really tried to focus on the professional development side of things. Um you know, I I don't have tons of resources, but one of the things that I've been doing with um some of the different um distribution groups that I educational distribution groups that I work with is telling them that like, hey, you know, if somebody's buying a classroom pack, like, I want them to know that I'm willing to get on the phone for at least an hour with, you know, them or however many other teachers they want in the room to, to um, you know, to offer um, some professional development oriented around integration and, and teaching what the product is a tool Um so that so that they do feel comfortable with it because i i think you said earlier like it's and it's true like one of the biggest problems um or hurdles i wouldn't say a problem it's more of a hurdle is um is uh, teachers um knowing how to how do i teach with technology like what does that mean what does that look like in a classroom because you know i've never i've never i've never done it and and of course you've never done it yet nobody has you know
0: yeah it's definitely a whole new ball game than it was 5 Ooh. 10 15 you know the further back we go it even gets even more of a spread there yeah. um, and and coming from a school the technology management or even the uh, administrative side one of the tough parts is you want to invest in the latest and greatest technology but it's tough it's a tough pill to swallow seeing the, the dollar amount If it's not going to be used. So that's another hurdle that a lot of schools face is you got to have the teachers buy in with a product that they are going to use in their classroom. And I think that's one of the things that you really hit the nail on the head with your product in particular, that it crosses all grade levels, especially at the elementary level. You know, the the first day I picked up, you know, I brought in the Zuby Flyer into my office at our high school building I had kids peeking in going, Oh, what is that thing? Oh my gosh, that thing's so cool. What is it? And then they put on the diffraction glasses. Oh, they, they were engaged right away. And with me, that's one of the biggest things is getting those students engaged. And then they they, they're all yours. They want to learn more. And a lot of times that classroom behavior issue of the past that goes away when students are engaged in the content that's in front of them. So great job on, on your, your product.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I do think that um, I, you know, I, I in in fairness, I, I I think the magic the magic definitely happens when when the kids can get in there, um, and, you know, they play the game and then they change the code because it's that instant gratification that you talk about that instant feedback that um, that they're used to in their in their online social media life because it's like. I can pull up Instagram and instantly be satisfied, right, um, with all the pictures yes. and stuff like that. And so, you know, unfortunately, like, that presents, that presents great challenges for educators because, like, whether whether educators like it or not, like, you know, their, they're, like, I don't know what the metric could be, their entertainment factor, like, all of a sudden, like, has to be, has to match Instagram, right? Which is like impossible, but, um, but yeah, hopefully through, you know, as technology gets more and more integrated with, um, with, with curriculum and and the school systems, um, I think that's one of the big things that is, is a requirement for, for true integration is to really figure out how to tap into that um, you know, instant feedback, um, so that kids do stay engaged and stay engaged at a rate that um, you know is is aligned with their ability to learn. Not um, uh, you know, not not the individual next to them or or somebody else in a different class, and that's that's impossible to do without technology.
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely a game changer in in that respect. On on getting students' attention, whether it's, uh, you know, the Zuby Flyer or if it's doing augmented virtual reality, stuff like that, it it creates an opportunity for uh, students to do something that they didn't do before. You know, there's nothing wrong with pencil and paper and taking notes. It definitely has its place and it needs to be done. But having that opportunity to do something different is – is these kids are lucky to be living in this age, let me tell you.
1: yeah. Yeah, they are, and one one of the other things that I was thinking, um, because you you talked about the it, the challenge of um, of adopting technologies in the classroom because of um, because of cost, um, and that 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 one that one's another challenge, and even for me, like I'm I'm on the other side, and I think when we had dinner with Shane, this was one of the things we actually talked about, um, because. Like you're on one side of it as as a teacher, and then here, like we are on the other side of it as these entrepreneurs, right? And and we, you, know, we're, you know, here we are trying to figure out how to how to work together. But um, I I don't know I don't know the best way to because um, I, I try to be I guess like egalitarian in in the sense you know where it's like computer science for one for all which is ideally how it should be. Right. But then there's these like hard economic realities that, um, as an entrepreneur, like they end up, you know, you get forced down like certain paths because that's the path that ends up like putting food on your table or, you know what I mean? It, it it just, there's, there's economic reality to, to our decisions. And so, uh, um, I have, um, I've been trying all sorts of little experiments to kind of balance, um, my ability to give, um, you know, to say like a title one school that, that can't afford, um, the new, the latest and greatest in their, in their, um, school system, uh, verse, you know, maybe that, um, that, child on the east bench that you know whose parents have them at the private academy and you know they want not just the best product in their house but they want like that tutor alongside it right and they obviously have money to spend and that money can help subsidize um you know the other side if it's if it's appropriately um managed so that that you know it's, it's i think on both sides that also is a big factor in in solving the problem of technology and education, but I I mean, it requires both sides to solve it.
0: Yeah, I mean, talking with entrepreneurs like yourself, one of the things that, you know, I didn't realize as somebody that that's doing the purchasing for schools is, you know, a lot of times you are just starting out, you might just be a one man show or something like that and you have to pay upfront costs to not just buy this one that you're selling to this one school you have to buy in order to get a discount two thousand four thousand five thousand of them all up front so you have to have that capital so there's a reason why everything can't be super cheap there there's a cost somewhere somebody has to to pay for it
1: yeah 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 and it's um yeah and it's it's interesting because i've run in, i've 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 talked with some schools where that like that was this that was the scenario like they had um you know the budget was already allocated and it was allocated in um you know one specific direction um because you know different companies have different minimums and so i wasn't able to to participate and but you know and that that's interesting too because it you know um it, it gives, I, I, I like it. I mean, there's pros and cons to it, but in general, I like it because it gives educators um, power to, to direct education, right? Like I think teachers, um, there, there's the risk that teachers end up making uninformed um, purchasing decisions, but they are the ones that are teaching at the end of the day and, you know, we're trained to do so. And so I think giving them more more budgetary purchasing power than less is is ideal because you know they are the ones like with the kids at the end of the day you know yes
0: and uh to kind of come full circle with this uh Kyle and I had been talking over this entire week leading up to this interview, and one of the ideas that we bounced back and forth with was kind of some exi- exciting news for this podcast in particular and for you, the listeners, if you are interested in picking up
1: one of the Zuby Flyers. And you want to tell them that news, Kyle? Um. Yes, and um, as long as they don't tell my – distribution partners (laughs) because, um, yeah, Kevin told me, he's like, we should do a, we should do a a discount. And, um, you know, it wasn't intended to be super salesy or anything, but, um, I, uh, I told Kevin that I would do 40% off for, you know, anybody listening who's interested in, um, purchasing the Zuby flyer. And so I, I can't remember what the total comes out to, but it's less than what, like my distribution reseller partners get to purchase it at, um, even at volume. So it, it's a pretty awesome deal if, if you're interested. And I think the code we did, uh, MAGIC is the code.
0: Yes, is that case sensitive on the site? I can't remember.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a good, it should be all caps, do all caps. MAGIC, all caps. Okay,
0: okay. so MAGIC in all caps. So. But yeah. When I saw that 40%, I was actually drinking a cup of coffee and I almost spit the coffee out on my laptop. So thank you, Kyle, for wow. being so generous to, wow. to our listeners and, um, be pretty cool to see if this, uh, podcast helps you, uh, drum up some sales at all. I, like I said, I'm not getting compensated for anything from, um, Kyle or fuse or anything like that. I did pick up one for myself as well as, uh, one for my school. Yes, yeah, I love game. it. Um, yeah. I'm really title. interested in. It. Oh,
1: sorry. I was just saying. I appreciate it. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, yes. Yeah, so I have one at home really excited to watch my three-year-old grow up with it and uh, looking forward to to getting our students in our new makerspace that we create for this school to to uh, get up and run with it as well so thank you so much for coming on the show today Kyle um, is there anything else uh, you want to share or how can my audience how can my audience uh, get in touch with you if needed
1: um, yeah, happy to, to yeah talk with anybody who wants to talk more has questions on um, on whatever. But yeah, you can you can email me is probably best. Um, I'm happy to talk by phone too, but um, email will probably be quickest to get something set up. Kyle, um, just Kyle K Y L E at um, fuseplay.io. F U Z E play.io. And, um, and website's the same, www.fuseplay.io.
0: Awesome. And I will include that in the show notes as well. Um, will you be heading to any conferences this upcoming school year?
1: Um, I, You know, the ones I have planned right now are all in-state. So there's a couple. Of, okay. um, I'm in Utah here, so there's there's a maker fair that I have this weekend. Um, you know, it's one of the mini maker fairs that comes through and then there's a couple of, um, kind of after school homeschool network conferences that are here in States. And, um, so that'll, that'll be my focus for the next little bit.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I look forward to talking with you again here in the future. And I hope my audience got something out of the, uh, the discussion today.
1: Yeah, I do. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right. Go out there and make it happen. Thank you for listening to the Magic Potion Podcast. This podcast was created using Anchor FM. Please subscribe and leave comments with your thoughts and ideas from the classroom. Until next time, get out there and make it happen.